Welcome to a special edition of Small Doses. I say special uh, because this is really just a check-in. I'm speaking very low because I'm dealing with some vocal cord issues that cause me to have to be quiet all the time. And when I'm not being quiet, I have to talk very thoughtfully um, in terms of my usage of volume, etc. So you're getting a real Radio Seals voice on this episode. Um, the reason why there's a side effects of a check-in is because, I don't know about y'all, but there just seems to be a lot to manage right now. And it's not to say that there wasn't and there isn't always a lot to manage in this life. But I think there's something unique about when the world is happening to everyone all at once. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? And that's, it seems like the world is effect, is being affected like everyone all at once. And I know that that there's a certain American hubris to that because there's people in other countries right now that are not dealing with anything that we're dealing with, but it feels that way. And when I say the things that we're dealing with, I wanted to just check in with you guys on a couple of things, more than a couple and a few things. First, I wanted to take a moment to just talk about the loss of Chadwick Boseman. I think for a lot of us, you know, I don't know that he was, he wasn't, he wasn't a celebrity in the way that I guess I am, right? Like he wasn't, um, we didn't know him. We didn't feel like we knew him as a individual. We knew him as other individuals. That's the irony, is that he the, he so often played characters that we know as icons that it did feel like we had a certain connectivity to him that I would say that is not necessarily the norm with, with Black actors or just not even just Black, just actors in general. And I won't lie to you, it, it shocked me is passing in a way that shocked me because I didn't know that I was so connected to Chadwick Boseman. I've never met Chadwick Boseman. Um, I mean, I've seen all his films, but I didn't see them because they were Chadwick Boseman films. Um, you know, I, I can't say that I've ever actively followed the appearances or the speakings um, of Chadwick Boseman. However, I felt, I felt the exit in such a, what's the word I'm looking for? In such a palpable way. I did a prayer on my Instagram 
when I got the news, I just became very overwhelmed. And I know that a lot of us are, are taking quarantining still seriously, my, myself included. So a lot of us are, you know, what we call alone together. And in that moment, I didn't want to deal with that by myself. And so I went on Instagram Live and offered, you know, that we all, who, you know, the people that were on, offered that we share in the space to offer up a prayer. And um, it went like this. Do y'all want to like pray or something? Because I don't know what's going on. And I feel like we have to like, like put all our energy together or something because this is like really fucking crazy and scary on so many levels. And I was here by myself and then I was like, I bet you there's a lot of folks that are there by themselves right now. So I was like, maybe we should just like, like say some words together or something because I don't know. It's just like, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. So, like, I believe, like, the power of energy and, like, sharing and shit. So, I guess maybe that's something we could do. Like, we could pray together or just be on here together. Because all of us, a lot of us are like by ourselves right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, because we're quarantined and all this shit. And there's just like, no, it's just like, it's just like, it's a lot. It's a lot. So pray to who you want to. I pray I pray to the universe, but pray to who you want to. Dear universe. Please hear us because there are so many souls and spirits down here who who are lifting up your light in the hopes that there can be a shift. We, what, what brings us here tonight is the passing of Chadwick Boseman. There are so many others that were lost today. And so we, we bring our energy and our love and our light together for all of those who are lost. I know for many of us, you know, he was a beacon of joy and light for his work. And so the impact does reach many. But I, And the impact of all of the events of this year continue to weigh so heavy 
on the spirits and souls of us, but we know that you have a plan. We know that you work only from a place of goodness. So give us the strength to carry on through your process. Give us the power to to receive your light even when it's lightning or when it feels like lightning and hear us as we come together carrying the the energy of the past the present to the future I, I genuinely universe I genuinely don't know how much more we as a people can can actually handle like for literally for real and i don't know um i don't know sometimes what lesson we are to be learning right now but i i i pray to you that you will give us the insight that you will give us the power you will give us the understanding to be able to very soon synthesize these these hardships into lessons that lift us up in your glory in your power, we pray. Amen. I hope that helps somebody. I really believe that when when you focus energy in the same direction, it can be it can be um, it can be healing. It can be moving. It can be manifesting of that which you wish to see but whatever the case I genuinely want to see us all find a a way through this this darkness that we're in and I don't know y'all but I love y'all So everybody, hug the ones you love. Tell them that you love them. I found out today that my vocal cords are like super duper fucked up. So I got it. I can't talk for the next five days. So y'all won't hear me, but I hope you feel me. And watch Black Panther. <laughs> so I had a number of people that, that contacted me after and, and, and said that that prayer touched them and it, it helped them, um, which is a bonus. Because I, I mean, I, I guess that was the intention. But if, I, if I'm honest, selfishly, it was really, I just needed to get connected. And I think, truly that when we all align our energy at the same time, it really does have a major effect. It was also bizarre to see how many people were put off by my saying, dear universe. I assume that most of my listeners are pretty much on the same page as me with a lot of things. So they were, well, you all probably were just like, yeah, okay. 
Um, you know, to me, the higher power is undefined. For others, it's very defined, which is why I say pray to who you pray to, you know, because for some people, they don't believe in a higher power. When they pray, if at all, it is in the context of, you know, let's just hope shit lines up. You know what? We need that energy too. Um, but I won't lie to you. When I when I saw the amount of people that were so adamant that I not address, that I hadn't addressed God and the nomenclature that they assigned to, it made me want to, again, check in because it made me say, where are we? Do you find yourself asking yourself that question? Where are we? You know how like when white people find out about racism, they're like, God, this is not our America. It's like, I I feel like I kind of know what they feel now. Cause I'm like, I don't know. This is, is this our black people? Cause these were comments that were on the shade room. I'm like, where are we? Where are we? And I don't know about you all, but there's so many days as of late that I find myself saying, am I bugging? And at a certain point, it just feels like if you keep asking yourself if you're bugging, you're eventually like, I'm fucking bugging. And then once you land on I'm bugging, what happens then? Right? Because when you start to, it's one thing to feel crazy. And that's another thing to then be like, okay, maybe I am crazy. And then you're like, well, shit. If I'm fucking crazy, then how am I going to manage all of this? How am I going to get through? How am I going to cut through? What do I do? For some, it's escape. For some, it's avoidance. For some, it's denial. For some, it's, you know, um, drowning it in drugs and alcohol, etc. You know, for, for the last person I loved, it's just... Homer Simpsoning into a lesser form so as not to be held accountable for being a part of finding a possible solution. And I just think that when we have these higher, these these major things going on outside of us, it then also makes you feel guilty about dealing with the stuff going inter- going on internally. So that prayer for Chadwick and for just where we are was really just me trying to speak to the concept that, you know, just releasing, can we just let go? Cause I know a lot of us, it's like, I used to pretend I was in a certain level of control, but now that's, that, that is, that is a disillusion. That is, that is an illusion. Okay. And it's very sobering. And then you start to feel disconnected and it's like, what do you anchor yourself to? What do you anchor yourself to? I think a lot of us are trying to figure that out. What are we anchoring ourselves to when it seems like everything is so uprooted? Right? Because we're we're, we're facing an election. And when we check in with each other, I think a lot of us are also finding out different opinions from different folks that we just didn't know they had. And I know that there's many of us who feel like Biden is a putz, Kamala is a wild card, but that Donald Trump is what he is, trash. 
I mean, he's just that. And if you know that, then why do you not just take out the trash? <laughs> like, it's a lot easier to deal with a putz and a wild card than a flaming piece of garbage attached to the end of a white supremacist trained Uzi. That's just how it feels to me. And I don't know why it doesn't feel that way to other people. And I'm genuinely trying to understand that. I try to have conversations with folks. You know, someone told me this morning that saying to vote for Biden is me betraying my people. And if I didn't have such a respect for Apple products, I would have thrown my fucking phone across the room. At the absurdity of that notion, at the absurdity of even feeling comfortable saying that, because it is such a departure from reality. It is hyperbole without consideration for consequence. You know, sometimes we hyperbolize things because, you know, it's it's fun. It's It adds drama. You know, it adds pizzazz. We don't need any hyperbole right now, y'all. Shit is already extra. So when you add on hyperbole to the shit that already is, is, is surreally hyperbolic, it's just, it's not, it's nonsensical. It's impractical and it cannibalizes the work that actually has to be done because it's extemporaneous speech. That's what it is. It's extemporaneous speech. It's it's spoken without preparation. It's just it's just coming from lack of research. It's coming from pure feelings. We did a whole episode on feelings. I'm not saying feelings aren't valid, but when they are detached from fact, they can have great deleterious effects. So I'm checking in on how you guys are feeling about dealing with people who are dealing with feelings that are essentially going to going to have them make decisions that could affect your life in a very real way because that's very frightening to me you know i said to charlemagne the other day i'm sad and i'm scared and he was like well if you weren't i would be very concerned for you and anyone who is saying they aren't um i'm concerned for them and i i had someone say to me you know fear is just an illusion whatever will be will be and part of me was like you know what that is good for you good for you the other part of me is like about that i don't know i don't know if because fear is an illusion and but it's also very real when it's attached to very real consequences and i've also seen folks say that fear is is not an illusion but a safety It's a safety. Speaking of safeties, I'm taking a firearm lesson because I want to check in with you all on what are your concerns for November 3rd? I like to think that I have a fail safe that lets me just get back to my joy, even though I feel very aware of everything at all times. 
And the closer we get to November 3rd, the less I feel like that fail safe is functioning. It feels very riggedy. It feels very raggedy. I love that word raggedy. You're a raggedy bitch. That's how I feel like my fail safe is. It's very raggedy. It's like it works some days and some days it doesn't. Um, for the most part these days, it just hasn't been working. So I find myself in a very, what does obsequious mean? I keep having these words that come to my head. And I don't know what they mean, but they sometimes feel like they're the right word. Obsequious, obedient or attentive to an excessive or servile degree. Ooh, obsequious. That's not what I thought it meant, but that that works. And it works because I feel like I am somewhat becoming obsequious to my own fears and concerns about what could happen on November 3rd. And anybody who knows me knows that that's that's why that word ain't even (laughs) in my vocabulary, because I don't, I'm never that, you know, but it's, it's the check-in with you all is as much a check-in with me because I know that I'm, I'm trying to find that hidden resource, you know, that stash box of strength, of faith, of hope that gives me a kick in the pants to say, no, there's still efforts that can be made that can create possible solidity of change for the now. Now we know that we got to do that consistently. Like, And that's, by the way, a thing that I feel like a lot of people are not understanding. When a lot of us are saying vote for Biden, it doesn't mean vote for Biden, he's going to save us. Where the fuck, how the fuck, who the fuck? Never been that. It's been vote for Biden so we can save us. That's the narrative. That's the narrative. We got so much work to do. We got so much organizing, so much uh, learning. We have so much shifting of how we apply, how we move through our daily life as individuals and citizens in this society. We got a lot to do. So I don't by any means think that Joe Biden is going to alleviate any of those responsibilities and obligations. By any means, I think he's going to actually necessitate them even more. Even more. This check-in is because I know I'm not the only one who thinks like this, but I just be in my house. And when you be in your head, in your house by yourself, and I got to be quiet because of these vocal cords, you start to think you're the only one who thinks like that. And when you do, you start to feel alone. You start to feel lonely. Then when you start to feel lonely, that makes you feel very isolated. When you start feeling isolated, it feels very dark. And when it starts to feel dark, it feels very, I think scary is a basic word, but let's just go with that. And when you start to feel very scared, you stop thinking rationally. You know, that's one of the side effects of that. So, you know, I just, I wanted to talk. I mean, partially because I'm not even fucking talking. So I just wanted to talk. (laughs) These are all the things that are swirling in this mind of mine. You know, I think there's, there's a difference between breakups and character deaths. You know, I think when we break up with people, we go through a series of 
of letting go. We go through stages of grief. We go through that in our own way around the breakup, right? Because what you're losing is, you know, this vision that you had, this possibility that you had of moving forward. And you're just like, oh, you know, that was something I was really enjoying. I'm losing it. We built a world. And that's real. But I think there's always somewhat like a seed. There's always some kind of seed there that makes you feel like, but possibly. Character death is when that person literally has to die in your consciousness because they are no longer a human that can that can inhabit your world. You have come to the conclusion that their character is definitive and the only way for you to release yourself from possibly being rejoined with them is to literally kill that character in your consciousness. And that's a different thing than a breakup. You, I feel like you feel that differently. It's mourning. It's mourning. It's mourning that you feel every morning. It's like the epilogue to Romeo and Juliet, a glooming peace this morning with it brings. The sun for sorrow will not show his head. Go hence and talk of these sad things. Some shall be pardoned and some punished. For never was a tale of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. You feel that. You like wake up every morning and you have to reestablish that, which is exactly how it feels when someone close to you dies. When someone close to you dies, you wake up every morning and got to relive the death. And you hope that through coping mechanisms and therapy and time, that that fraction of reliving becomes eventually diminished to a, because it never goes away, but that it gets diminished to a, and I think there's something different that happens when you have a character death. When someone that you loved so dearly, you realize has demonstrated to you in so many ways that they are unable to exist in your soul anymore, that you have to kill them off as a living person in order to kill them off as a living love. They're living, they're walking around, but you can't. Their character death is a symbol of their actual death for you. That's a different thing, yo. And I know that even in the midst of a pandemic, a lot of us are, well, shit, I think this pandemic did that for a lot of us because we were able to see people in ways that we didn't before. So you're dealing with that. You're dealing with every morning, every morning, every morning I have to dodge a different death captured on tape at the hands of police. And that's bringing tears to my eyes. And then I think about, so the person who filmed that, I wonder if they're waking up every morning and having to do the work of having to move through living that. I mean, this is a time for empaths, y'all. This is a doozy of a time. Rebecca was like, you got to like do shit that has nothing to do with the shit that you do to try and get, you know, your mind into a relaxed place that isn't 
continuously tinkering with how to find a solution for a world that is on fire. And she is right. She's right. There's these moments that I think we're all having where you're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Some people's moments are happening because they're like, I don't have a fucking job. What am I going to do? That's probably why I got robbed the other day. Because somebody is like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Look at this place. Let me come see what I can get from them. I think I just wanted to talk to y'all because I know that I'm not the only one who's in a state of despair. And I'm lucky. So I know that if I am in the state of despair, even with all of my fortuitousness, even with all of my sound-mindedness, with my resources, I just can only imagine what it is like to not have those things. And if it's of any value, I just wanted to share with you, you know, solidarity in, in that. But I know that y'all look to me a lot of times for like, give us a positive word, Amanda, and <laughs> build us up. And you can't be, you can't be negative. And I also feel like you got to give people room to be like, shit is whack. Shit is whack. Like you got to do that. I think it's like not fair to kind of hold people always to being in a place of positivity when they're just like hurting. That's like, it feels dismissive when that happens, but it's real. It feels dismissive though. And I mean, I think in terms of positivity, I'd be trying to like parse out like the different positives that I can point to for the day. Like, I think it's very positive that I still have not said my ex's name. I think I should get a fucking award for that, even though I don't know that it would matter to anyone, but I feel like there would be a certain level of pettiness that I would be giving into if I did that, and I have not given into that, so I deserve a fucking award. I deserve an award. Um, I think it's very positive that we continue to fight the good fight and talk to people and encourage them to look beyond themselves. You know, voting is not an individualized thing. And I think that's where a lot of folks have got it twisted. Like they think voting is about their like ideals and their morals and like their personal like choices. And it's, you're not, you're voting as a part of a, a society. So to think that it's just like about you is so myopic and deeply concerning to me because it's not. It's about us, which is why I keep saying vote for us. That's why I keep saying that. That's why I keep saying vote for us. But um, I just wanted to talk to y'all. After I get off this podcast, I don't get to talk for the rest of the day. Because <laughs> this vocal rest is very real. Your girl has a lot going on with her vocal cords. So I'm keeping my speaking to a minimum unless I'm working. I hope that 
we all take time for ourselves. I'm talking to myself just <laughs> right now. Take time for ourselves. Because you know, the trick of the despair is that you're supposed to stay there. That's how it fucks with you in your head. It tricks you into kind of thinking that like, if you deny it oxygen, that you're somehow like not doing the right thing. And that's just not true. It's not true. It's not true. But what is true is that there are more of us than we think. And when I say us, I mean folks of sound minds. You know, there are more of us than we think. I don't know if you guys watch Lovecraft Country. It's a show on HBO uh, starring my homegirl, Journey Smollett, Courtney B. Vance. And I'm watching it and I'm just like, what made white people so evil? And then it made me say, what made the white people who aren't evil not evil? Because my whole thing is I'd be like trying to figure out how to just get to the bottom, like get to the root, to the root. And literally, I just think like it's like just that. I am constantly amazed at the evilness that has been put on this earth by consistent methods by white folks. And it's not to say that there haven't been shady people. It's not to say that there haven't been like tribes that have harmed each other and none of that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that because that's a fact. But there is an evilness and a wickedness that I just feel like I haven't ever really been able to define that I've witnessed in the history of white folks. Now, is it is it the same as a tribe wanting to protect its land? And so there's a survival tactic. But then when even you look at that, you're like, but it's not your land. <laughs> You know, it's just this constant effort made to defile. And I know a lot of us end up checking in with each other on what the fuck is that about? The Last Dose. This has been a completely rambling conversation. This is what happens when someone's in their head all day. However, I feel like I know y'all well enough to know that if you didn't find relatability in some, <laughs> you may have found it in all. Watch Love Calf Country. It's scary in like a very eerie way. But I do support... Um, I make a point to support work that I feel like tells black stories in a responsible fashion. And it does that. I'm working to do that with Smartphone and Black's YouTube. So I hope you can check that out. I want us to get through the other side of this. I want us to be there for each other. I don't want to sound depressing. I apologize if I do. I simply just felt like I would be remiss to not acknowledge all of the real things. By the way, I'm leaving out California wildfires. I'm leaving out the bubonic plague. I'm leaving out that COVID-19 is still raging. 
I'm leaving out. I mean, I'm sure there must be locusts descending somewhere, right? <laughs> there's, there's still children at the border. They, they discovered 40 children as a part of a sex trafficking ring in Atlanta the other day. I mean, there's, there's so much that we're leaving out. I don't know the next time I'm going to see my mom. And even when I do, I can't figure out what the process will be in order for me to see her in a safe fashion. This is the exact opposite of when Drew Hill dressed up as the three amigos and sang, these are the times we all wish for. These are not the times we've all wished for. They're absolutely not. I don't want to swallow you like Reese's Pieces. I literally can't even eat Reese's Pieces anymore because I have to switch to a plant-based diet or else my acid reflux is going to take my vocal cords completely out like down goes Frazier. So shout out to everybody who just perked up because they're like, Amanda's joining the vegans? Listen, it is... (laughs) It is a journey. I'm on day six of no animal protein. I am doing my best to scarf down garbanzo beans to save the little bit of booty I still got. But um, I think that's also a part of what's going on is that when you're doing, when you're detoxifying like your, your diet, your brain does the same thing too. We all have to detoxify our diets physically, mentally, emotionally. I wonder if this conversation pointed us in any of those directions. It has definitely been a doozy of a time and it continues to be. So all we got is us. I continue to encourage everybody to vote for us. If you haven't listened to our episode, Side Effects of Black Voters with Latasha Brown, please, please, please do it. Incredible episode. I would say top three Small Doses episodes. Also, if you read Small Doses, the book, and you found any typos, please DM them to me ASAP because we are submitting type corrections for my paperback release. And I want to make sure to get it as tight as possible. I hope you guys are finding methods of self-care. I hope your friends are showing up and I hope your animals aren't acting up because <laughs> that should be annoying as hell too. And um, all we can do is keep on doing And that's the best effort that can be made. I love you. Stay strong, stay safe, and stay black. A podcast network.